a podcast brought to you by Energy Live News. It's Thursday. It's four o'clock. It's short fuse. We were going to do a pre-record, but I thought, no, boys, let's not. And I can't see anything this week, so this is going to be quite interesting. Uh, shout out to podcasters. Hello. Did we get any more listening after I gave them a, uh, a hello? No. Rob was just silently just listening away. There's a nod. We've got maybe four. Anyway. And uh, a big hello to Aga. Shout out to Aga. Come on, guys. Oi, oi. Just been here. She cleaned the office in literally like an hour. Normally she takes two. That's it. And a final shout out to the Markles. <laughs> anyway, enough about that. Right. Uh, okay. Our story of the week. And this is it. Heavy news on bills this week. Quite a lot of stuff. So... Let's go through this story, which is quite a big one. So CFD contracts, contracts for difference, right? So they've been allowed for the last few years and they've been awarded in rounds. And what they are, basically, you pay money to make sure there are companies that will help us as we transition to this low carbon who will make up the energy gap. Okay, so that's basically what this contract for difference is. The um, National Audit Office, basically the, the sort of government's version of accountants that look out for what's happening in government money. They've just produced a report saying that the way that the contracts have been run by BES, you know, the Government Department for Energy, has probably left us with 1.5 billion pounds over 15 years on our bills. So just take that in. That's 100 million pounds each year to pay for these CFDs that's going to come from the consumer, the business consumer, the end consumer, the domestic consumer, whatever, but consumers will pay. And part of the reason is that they say that what's happened is the government made a policy to put in a 150 megawatt cap on people who could apply for the CFD. So fuel technology such as biogas, uh, things such as, you know, uh, burning waste, anything that's much more energy intensive, that would be, you know, bigger volume, sort of got punished in this. And the report says what that left was that we had to buy lots of capacity from smaller players who basically give us, uh, okay, they might give us a good service, but their actual uh, amount of capacity you're getting for the money isn't a lot. Um, they are very worried that this policy hasn't been good for the consumer. We will have to pay. We're in the situation we are. Contracts have gone down, though. Let's be fair to the government. The level of uh, the money spent on the contracts, the last round was worth 176 million, which is a, a lot less than the one before. And there were 11 contracts uh, awarded. Uh, Bears has replied to this report by saying that the CFD is getting the best value for money in the long term. And they're planning to make sure that they're doing everything with the consumer in mind. So what's the point of this? Well, I think this really is this kind of crunch thing that we're looking at. Where are we going? Are we going to say that we want to have the low carbon economy, and I've said this many a time, so much that they're willing to pay for it? And if we're willing to pay for it, then just shut the hell up and accept this cost. Or are we saying that actually we will uh, go low carbon and we're willing to pay for it, but this is incompetence on the behalf of BES because they're short-sighted because they're thinking all about sort of how to limit 
uh, and encourages the smaller players. So the government has a real issue here because if you want to give us lots of capacity, once you've closed down all our coal fire, once you're trying to get rid of thermal, probably eventually trying to get rid of gas as well, whatever. But if you're going to do that and you're going to have smaller and smaller uh, plants, then if you ask smaller players, inevitably they will give you a much higher cost for the amount of capacity you get. And I think 150 megawatts is not a lot. So I think the government should revisit that. So there you go. First report says it's going to add 100 million each year. This next story kind of says no one gives a damn particularly domestic customers. So this is very interesting. So a survey was done by a switching company which found that it's, I mean, it's not a small survey, it's not huge, but 2,000 people is a pretty sort of good number to do a survey of. It found that the truth is most of us are massively complacent when it comes to our energy bills. In fact, the overwhelming majority of us don't bother reading our bloody meters and we let the power companies make our bills up based on estimated readings. And this is quite shocking. It basically said almost half of the 2000 they um, surveyed had not taken a meter reading at all and had had an estimated bill for the past three years. They also said that basically most people domestically in their survey don't really give a damn who supplies them. They think, <coughs> excuse me, it's all the same. And really interesting. 2.1 million people, I don't know if they've extrapolated, anyway, 2.1 million people don't know how much they're paying for energy. So you take that in, all of the government stuff is about, you know, we've got a switch, we've got to make sure that everyone's covered, blah, blah, blah. You know, oh God, energy companies get the worst press going all the time. 2.1 million of us don't even know how much we're paying. Don't even know how much we're paying. So the idea of this price cap that's coming in later in the autumn, uh, it just makes you wonder, doesn't it? And this is the one thing I will say uh, for the energy companies. We give them a hard time, and they should be given a hard time for all the things they screw up on, and bad practices, etc., etc. But you have got to say to them, if they give people all these options, and they don't care, and they don't switch, and then they're stuck on these high bills, and then they complain, well, frankly, so what? Stuff you. If you're not bothered then you can't complain. Yeah, it's like people who say, oh, well, everything's crap. I go, well, did you vote? No, I didn't vote. Well, if you didn't vote, you haven't got to say. And if you're not bothered, yeah, if you're not bothered to go and actually take your readings, find out what there is, I excuse people who are very old in this, right? Absolutely, for elderly people, there should be some tariffs that help them because it's difficult for those people. But for most everyone else, your internet server, you know what's going on, right? If you've got the ability to watch Netflix, you've got the ability to check what your bill is. So there you go. And then the final story in this section, now this is all about green energy. There's been the theme here. So National Grid has finally launched a 48-hour green energy forecast. So what it does, it's uh, teamed up with WWF and an IT company. And what they're doing is when carbon intensity is at its lowest, uh, it'll show you where you're getting most of your green energy from. So uh, I think um, when we put the story out that day, in particular, most of our green energy in the UK was coming from Scotland and the sort of northeast, obviously from wind power. So you look at that. So the idea is that uh, businesses, and this is mainly for businesses rather than obviously for domestic use, but 
businesses can lo look at uh, where the power is, the greenest, and choose distributed power sources. And then there'll be a sort of league table of which areas are producing the most green energy uh, on an app. I think this is really good news. I think this is quite an interesting way of looking at things because if you think about where businesses are going, all businesses want to cut their bills. How do you cut their bills? Two ways. You try and buy energy cheaper or you try and use less. And if you're going to do the buying energy cheaper, well, what you're trying to do nearly always hand in hand is make sure that your energy is as sustainable as you can get. So if the grid can tell you when it's being produced, then you can basically go, right, okay, we'll go for that energy at this time because that's what we want. So it gives some nice providence for people who are uh, in that kind of field. I would suppose that there would be an issue here, which is, you know, it's a market. So if suddenly someone says, hey, in Northumbria, we're producing lots of green energy and everyone bids for it, well, the price will go up. So that'll be an interesting thing for them to look at. But in general, the idea of telling us where our green energy is coming from, I think is a very good thing and it lets the consumer have more information, particularly the business consumer. Right, okay, that's it for this bit. Um, I was going to say that we're gonna talk about really important stuff, but I've got Johnny. It's the banter box. Come and stand closer, all right? Hello, everyone. Hello, Jonathan. Hello, Sumit. Um, I did like the picture I sent in the uh, our uh, work group chat where you and Benedict Cumberbatch, mm. I should have put it up, actually. I forgot that one. Oh, what a Rob, shame. That would have been great. Just put it up. Uh, very similar. Yeah, I'm his handsome lookalike. Yes, the better looking one. Uh, right, our banter box this yeah. week is all about our mayor, the mayor of London, Sadiq Khan. I think we've got some pictures. He's basically said, and there's a nice little editorial twist to this. He's basically said, I want more car-free days in London. Boo, London's full of cars. It's terrible. So he looked at the uh, the marathon where Freddie ran. Didn't you, Freddo? Ooh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, Gay Pride Day, when you close loads uh, uh, of the streets off. And he says, I want more of that, the Healthy Street Campaign. Yeah. You've got a little angle about this, haven't you, based on a story that broke today. Well, I don't know if it's entirely... I set you up. I don't know if it's entirely practical, <coughs> uh, but go on. this plan. Uh, no, no, Johnny, Johnny, the news story today that we've just written. The news story today. Johnny, you did the breaking news about it. Do you want me to feed you this? Yes, feed it to me. The European Commission? Us, the European Commission, yes. Uh, so the European Commission has actually sued the UK today. Over, no. I didn't know we well, were going no, we're, not, we're not sued. No, hang on. The European Commission, it's saying that the EU, under EU laws, we've broken the laws and they want to take us to court. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We've done our legal bit, haven't we? Yeah, we, we have. haven't we been sued yet. Uh, no, so God. sorry, I didn't realise you were going oh into that so quickly. Oh my God, next week uh, is the yes. Anyway, yes. The Euro Commission, uh, European Commission has <coughs> yeah, said that it's going to take us to Because we're very polluting. Uh, not just us, also a number of other European yes, countries. Yes, absolutely. Uh, including France, <coughs> Italy, yes. a number of others. You can read it on our website. I think uh, mainly is one of them. Yep. basically because uh, for too long, according to them, we've been exceeding our pollution levels like nitrogen dioxide. Can we hear it more, right? Is it crackling away? Yeah, it's fine. Is it? How about holding it there like a proper pro? Yeah. 
I'm an amateur. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so anyway, let's get back to the point. So yeah. we have got polluted streets. Here we have. Uh, I think it's a stupid idea. Yeah, well, I think it's a good idea in theory, but in practice, how's London going to work? If how is London going to work? How we, well, forget the car stuff, right? You can say, oh, yeah, it's great. I say get rid of big cars. That makes sense. But also, let's think about the people who do live in London. And the idea is this is going to be across all 32 boroughs, not just central London, yeah. who are disabled, who are elderly, who rely on their cars as a way of getting out and about. Yeah, yeah if you suddenly say, right, this is car-free day, and you need to go to the hospital or you need to go somewhere. Well, yeah, I imagine if it's car-free day, everyone will set things up in the road and be walking around in the road. And then uh, if an ambulance needs to get through, yeah. even if it's only an ambulance that's allowed on the road, that still wouldn't work. So. Still wouldn't work. I, I don't really see it happening. No, I, there I, are I, partial car-free days, like you were saying, the marathon yeah. or Ride 100, which can work. But people get frustrated enough with that anyway. So We just need cleaner cars on the road it's a bit of a pipe dream it's it my is a pipe on dream. that one excellent so basically this wasn't really banter because you agreed with me yeah i know it needs to be more controversial you're so poor right okay you've got some stories then yeah i do i can probably argue with you on one of them i'll try <laughs> my best uh but yeah so we've got other stories uh one of them's about nissan which has uh, for a long time it's been talking about its new domestic services uh which are going to include solar uh, panels on the roof of your house and battery storage that might be in the wall of your house or on the wall of your house. Made somewhere. of old batteries, isn't it? Uh, yeah, well, you're, yes, you're getting ahead of me. But the, this, this uh, product from Nissan has actually been launched in the UK finally this week. And yeah, it gives you a choice of basically the battery units that store yeah. the power you're generating. Uh, if you, so it costs, this scheme by the way, uh, £3,881 is the starting price. That's not terrible, actually. No, it's okay, because obviously Nissan says that eventually you're going to make that money you back should make up it back, because yeah. you're generating your own electricity. Yeah. Uh, but you can decide to get... I think it costs a bit more if you want new Nissan batteries. But Nissan's encouraging people to use old batteries from their Nissan Leaf cars. Uh, actually as the battery unit, okay. which means they don't have to even be yes. create new batteries for this product. I don't think that's too bad. Of course, it depends on how much charger in those old batteries. But um, No, not I think bad. it's a good idea, but it's, uh, that's just the starting price. So if it, gets a lot, if it costs a lot more than that for a big unit, then I don't know how many people have that kind of cash. So for your, for your mansion, about 25 grand then? More. More. Like to hear. Cover the place. Cover the place with it. <laughs> next one. Uh, the next one is the one that I think we might argue Yes, we about. are going to argue about this. Uh, so this is about Oxford City Council, which yes. has basically, uh, it's trialling uh, new electric vehicle chargers. Yeah. And they're fancy ones. They're not just the standard yeah. ones because they are, you've all seen these kind of things that stop you parking in certain places. The post do you, do you want to hold this? I've got it now. Trouble. He looks happy. Uh, <laughs> to God. Uh, these poles that slide up from the ground yes. uh, to stop you parking in places. Mm -hmm. Now they're going to put charges in that work like that. So they're below so the ground most of the time. At the time. <laughs> yeah, they're below the ground most of the time. Yes. But you need an app to get them to come above ground and say, I'm here, charge my car. Uh -huh. But I imagine you're going to say, not everyone's going to have a smartphone to use these apps. I, I'm uh, not really worried about that bit. Tell me about the cost and the, the, the money for this. Okay, well, it's a £600,000 project. You might think it doesn't sound so bad for fancy chargers that slide up from under the ground. Depends on uh, how many chargers to start, but anyway, go on. Tax 20 chargers. Okay. Uh, so that's what? 
30 grand each. No, yeah, yeah 30 how about grand each. Um, and yeah, so Innovate UK is actually funding a large part of this cost. So out of 600 grand, the government slash us will be paying uh, 474,000 pounds. That's them ringing to say <laughs> what's going on. Yeah, yeah. 474,000 pounds. Yeah, out of 600. Yeah. And the rest of it is this company, yeah? Yep. So they're okay. getting quite a nice boost. They're from the getting quite a nice there. boost from the taxpayer to put in these things. Yeah. So. My view on this is why it's a good idea, but why the hell are we paying for it? Yeah, well, I suppose I agree with you there as well. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way. I think I think you I, know that's good. I like that's good. I like it. I like I, the idea of true. this scheme in general. Um, yeah, but but I think the money would be better. My main problem is the money would be better spent putting instead of forty jazzy ones that require mm. apps and so on. Why not forty? Uh, you know, double the amount, but just standard charges. I don't think we're at the stage yet with electric cars where we need such fancy equipment. Yeah, well, I, I just think that, you know, if you're going to do this sort of stuff, you should do it commercially. You're making a commercial case or the government just does it. You can't have this halfway house where, government, uh, you know, companies are getting loads of money for it. Frankly, free cash. Why shouldn't, you know, why the hell have we got money? Yeah, yeah? but we're, they are introducing new we're technologies. We're training that the next generation. World, allegedly. Here you so, are. Allegedly. Yeah. Anyway, okay, yeah. And your final one? Uh, yep, yeah, finally, this one is also about low carbon mobility and transport. Uh, it's actually about a new, survey, a new study, sorry, not survey, mm -hmm. that says uh, electric cars are actually reducing the stress levels of drivers. In, this, in the case of the study, they're looking at taxi drivers. Uh, so they basically stuck some. So funny the geezer goes, all right, mate, <laughs> yeah. I'm a lot more stressed in my diesel one. Yeah, so they wired up loads of cabbies by putting like, funny hats on them and heart yeah. monitors and so on. Uh, measuring their brain waves, and then got them this. driving around. And yeah. the ones driving diesel cars had yeah. higher blood pressure and yeah. more agitated. Brain or maybe waves. they just chose really big fat ones for that, and like really slim, fit ones who were driving the uh, uh, electric cars. You'd hope cars. to think they were fairer than that, but yeah, maybe. <laughs> okay, so driving an EV is, is is more calming for the brain, mm. and it kind of makes sense because there's less vibration, less noise. Um, yeah, it's, so if you're, if you're sitting in traffic, you're not breathing in all this nitrogen dioxide. <laughs> he li he lives out. in a wibbly wobbly world, doesn't he? <laughs> he li li lift your microphone up. They're saying lift your microphone well, how up. <laughs> okay, uh, anyway. <laughs> Honestly, he's been doing this for months now. Yes, go on. Yeah, so that's about that. I think, it, I, to be honest, I think I can see how it reduces stress because it's like being in a fancy luxury car or something. Or, it's like, completely or, silent or, or, or smooth. like being in this luxury office. Very yeah. stress-reducing. Yeah. No Isn't noise it? or vibrations yeah. here? Nothing. No. Not now. <laughs> After lunch, yes, sometimes. <laughs> uh, anything else you'd like to add? Um, nope, not really. That's uh, everything on the story front. But as always, you can contact us on storiesatenergylivenews.com to criticise us or praise us or give us ideas uh, for or stories. Or give them job offers. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't need a job offer. I'm going to be oh. here for a while. <laughs> Can I just say one thing, though? This is the scary thing, because uh, Pri's just got on her flight because she's having a nice weekend away. And the reason we're doing the show today is because tomorrow we're all going on a boat. Oi, oi. I should go on a speedboat on the Thames to celebrate our eighth birthday. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a round of applause. <laughs> Thanks to Eleanor's current and past. But anyway... The most important thing, and I, I am really slightly scared for you, audience, is next week, for the next two weeks... Yeah, I'm running this. You're running this <laughs> with Pre. Pre is running this. So, please, ladies and gentlemen, feel free to just give them the hardest time possible with all the banter that they deserve. Mm. 
And of course, I will be making sure that our lawyers are watching the show. Yeah, those of you with sensitive kind of attitudes, don't, don't bother tuning in Do you know what you're going to do? Week. You got any idea how you're going to prepare? You need something different? I'm just going to freestyle the whole thing. I'm going to freestyle the whole thing. Alex just has a look of sheer <laughs> terror on his face. No, it's going to be great. Excellent. Well, we trust them. Well, I don't really. Short but Fuse Untamed. Yeah, as Short Fuse Untamed. We shall see Jonathan next week yeah. with Pre. Tune see in for that next Friday. Thank you, Johnny. Goodbye. God, that was a lot of effort, wasn't it? Okay. We adjusted the camera angle. Are we happy now? Yes? Very good. That's good. Lovely. Okay, so... All of that is very good. Uh, what is even better is what is coming up very, very soon. In about just over two and a bit weeks, uh, Energy Live Future taking place on the 7th of June at the Siemens Crystal. You've probably seen this clip a million times. I'm going to play it anyway. This is our headline speaker. Hello, I'm Bas Lansorp. I'm CEO and co-founder of Mars One. I'll be speaking at Energy Life Future in June in London, and I hope you will be there. I'll be speaking about Mars, about why we should go there, how we will go there, about how we will get energy on Mars. It's going to be an exciting event. Join us. So there you go, Bas will be there. He will be talking to you about Mars. He'll be talking about powering our way in the future when we go to Mars. He'll be talking about nuclear power. He'll be talking about different uh, types of materials that were already being developed here on Earth, the technology that we use both in space and here. We've got a packed day for you. We have got uh, the British Gas Sessions. We've got sessions from Orsted as well. UK Power Networks will be there. We'll have lots and lots of interesting kit, uh, some universities in the lab area, and we've got the EV Highway where we've got a variety of commercial vehicles. I think we've got only about 15 tickets left. So remember, if you're an energy end user, you can come to this if you qualify. All you have to do is drop Freddie a line, just go onto our uh, homepage, have a look for events, have a look for Energy Live Future, and uh, send us a registration email. We've only got 15 spaces left, so come and grab them. Uh, what else is coming up in the diary? You'll see, obviously, as I've said, you've got 7th of June for Future. On the 28th of June, we have Telka, and next Monday, woohoo! The shortlist is announced. So on Monday, stay tuned to the website, watch our Twitter feed. You will see who is going through to our final on the 28th of June. And also, don't forget, as I've said uh, last couple of weeks, we're delighted that the Energy Minister, Claire Perry, will be joining us on the 31st of October, Halloween Day, at uh, the Energy Live Expo, which takes place in Westminster. So again, you can start getting yourself registered for that as well. Okay, uh, any shout outs, Frederick? No. No shout outs, not even the cork. No. Dear old corky. Uh, right, uh, as I said, we'll be back next Friday uh, with Johnny and Pre. But before I go, we had to do this because this has been everywhere. So uh, I want you to, you've, you've probably seen in this, and I'm not even gonna say what it is, first of all. Just have a listen to this. Laurel. 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 So, which camp are you in? Laurel. Yeah? Are you a Laurel, Laurel. or a Yanni? Laurel. I'm a Yanni. Laurel. Johnny? Yanni. Laurel. Al? Yanni. 
Rob? Laurel. Uh, Laurel. See, there you go. Boo. Freddie didn't, couldn't hear either of them. I don't know what that says about Fredo, but there you go. Couldn't hear either of them. Uh, my son's uh, a Laurel. And then Jeff is just too loud, so he would just drown out whatever came out anyway. Yeah, he can, he can differentiate between the two, so that's fine. He must be in the higher echelons. It's all to do with your frequency of hearing. I'd like to say it's all to do with your intelligence, wouldn't you, Jonas? That's cool, yeah, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Yannies are in. Al, we're up there. Bang on. Um, have a great uh, week. Uh, enjoy the summer sunshine that we've got early for the weekend. We'll be on a boat tomorrow, so uh, don't expect us to answer any calls when you ring the office. Uh, I will be away for a couple of weeks. I'll leave you in the capable hands of Johnny and Pree. Have a great time. I'll see you very soon.